Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. So I want to introduce this evening's speaker. Um, he is a friend of mine, a dear friend. And uh, he's a graduate from Raymond Bible Training Center. He traveled with my pastor, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, in the very, very beginning years when Pastor Rodney came to the United States of America. And the first time I saw Dr. Richard Moore was on a video about the Holy Spirit in Orlando at Benny Hinn's church. And Pastor Rodney called you up on the platform, and he got I might show that video tomorrow night. We'll see. We'll have to show that clip to show you. It's just absolutely phenomenal. And he was toast. He couldn't talk. He was struck dumb. He's tried to explain how the power of God came on him. He couldn't say anything. And they actually had to carry him off the platform. It was amazing. That's the first time I saw Dr. Richard Moore. And then uh, I think it was two years ago, we were at a camp meeting. The Lord said, I want you to have uh, Dr. Richard and Rhonda Moore come. And so I got with him at a camp meeting. I said, please come. And so I know that we love you very much. We love you both very, very much. And, of course, this house is your house. So would you please stand and welcome Dr. Richard Moore, please. Hallelujah. Come on, you do better than that. Isn't the Lord good? Praise the Lord. Well, you could be seated. The Lord is so good. We're going to have a great time tonight. Why? Well, it's, uh, it's always an honor to to get around your 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 pastor, Jack and Marie. Such become dear friends of ours, and, and got to see old friends, Brother George and Pastor George and and Linda. And man, we, I was we had a revival in their church. What ninety five? I think it was. It was there for four weeks. Had awesome times, and then we got to meet Pastor Todd and Daphne. So. My pleasure to meet you guys. It's going to be a good week, and it's an honor to be here, and um, a lot of things are going to happen. I will tell you, don't come with any preconceived ideas, because I will tell you this, is that um, some of you are going to be carried out of here. Looking at some of you, you need to be carried out, but... But if if you, I will tell you this: if you're just expecting some nice little religious preacher, you you come to the wrong church. First off, the one reason I I enjoy coming here is Pastor Jacques done run off all the religious people. So, so my job's my my job's easy. (laughs) I was telling a friend of mine the other day is that because everywhere we go, our meetings you know last two, three, four, five, six weeks or more. Matter of fact, we just ended a five-week revival in uh, Roanoke, Virginia, and and I was just telling the pastor. I said, "Look, you know, we'll we'll spend a few days just getting rid of certain people." <laughs> that, that that always goes over big with pastors that are present that never been to their church. But no, but our job our job is listen. I know my I know my purpose. And I know our purpose for this week. I know what the Lord wants to do this week. Matter of fact, tonight, it's, it's a, interesting that you shared that story because the Lord spoke to me this morning to, to share something along those lines. And, um, and, and so uh, a lot of things are going to happen. It's, it's time 
that the body of Christ rise up and be the church. Amen? Not the religious church. I'm talking about the body of Christ. Those, listen, our life should represent a living Lord. Not a, not, not, listen, not a, not a dead Lord. Our lives should, should represent a God that's alive. Amen? And then your service to Him should be that you serve a God that's alive, not dead. And unfortunately, most people, they, they, will, they will get their idea of Christianity through the pedophiles in Hollywood. Because every, every movie portrays the church as weak. Every movie portrays Christians as hypocrites and so forth and so on. But the unfortunate side of that is that, is that, is that some in the church, they, they want to, they want to um, <clears throat> tone things down because they don't want to be you know, portrayed that way. But the reality is we need to tone things up. Amen? I was, uh, one of the things, and one of the things that irks me, and I've seen it just here the last, it's, it's happened here over the last few years now, especially the last, this year especially, is the attack on those who believe in the blessing of the Lord. I made me, I said to my wife, I, I got mad the other day, I seen a list of the top 10 preachers, the top 10 wealthiest preachers in America. And obviously the article was coming against it, but I saw the list and it made me mad. Not that they were coming against <clears throat> prosperity. It made me mad that I wasn't one of the top ten. <laughs> and I said, we have to change that. <laughs> Amen. Don't back down from the truth. <laughs> I was just in here just a few months ago. Uh, I was in, in, in your home state. I was a dear friend of mine, Pastor Bob Nichols. Pastors a great church in Fort Worth, Texas, Calvary Cathedral. I was just with him. And, um, of course, I... You know, I love having dinner with him and had lunch with him because, man, the guy's got story after story after story after story after story. I just sat and listened to his stories, you know. I mean, and I love listening to him the times that, you know, that he would talk about A.A. Allen would come to his, because A.A. Allen used to come to, his, to his, the church he attended when he was a boy. And as a young man, you know, he was with A.A. Allen and so forth and so on. I just love listening to the stories. But one thing that he said that, that, I, that I'll never forget he, was say, he said to me, he said, you know, one thing I know, uh, Richard, he said, uh, if I know it's God, he said, I'll charge hell with an empty water gun. <laughs> and that's how we need to be. Meaning we need, we, need, we need to be so sure of who our Father is. Because understand something. Miracles don't happen because of knowledge. The fire doesn't fall because you preach on the fire. That's just part of it. Understand something. Miracles happen not because of knowledge. Miracles happen because of relationship. Everything when it comes to Christianity is based upon a relationship. You are successful in your prayer life because not because you have formulas and points on prayer. You're successful in your prayer life because you have a relationship with the Father. Everything's based on relationship. Hello, church. Come on. Everything. I like lots of feedback. Everything's based on relationship. And you cannot back down from the truth because the moment you begin to back down from the truth is the moment you're going to stop the blessings of God from coming to your way. You cannot back down. Listen, let me, tell you, let me just share something with you right now. It's God's purpose. 
It's God's plan. It's God's will that you walk in the blessings of God. It's God's purpose. It's God's plan. It's God's will that you walk in extreme, more than enough blessing. Thank you for the one person who believes it. I remember I had a conversation with someone here at the end of last year. And, um, and I actually told, called them, told them they was a hypocrite. Because they were saying things like, you know, coming against blessing. You cannot, listen, you cannot, you cannot read the Word of God and come to the conclusion that God isn't a God who blesses. That's right. If you do, you've, you've read it through your religious glasses. Because there's nowhere in here. This is not even part of my message tonight. But let's just, let's just listen, let, let's be vicious tonight and, and, and attack some things. Because I want every single one of you here in this church, every single one of you to go to a whole other level. Amen. It's time to come up higher. Hello. Amen. Amen. In every area of your life. Amen. There is nowhere in here the Word of God. Which never treat this, never treat this as, a, as, as a book that you just pull off the shelf. Never treat this as a book that you just pull off the shelf in your library. Because I can promise you, every book in your library, only thing it will do is give you information. I don't care who the author is. There's only one book that transforms your life. It's right here. Amen. Everything else, I don't care that it's your favorite Christian author. Everything else is just information. It's only one book that takes you from darkness to light. Because every single word is impregnated with the very life of God. That's why we have to get into it. Amen. There's nowhere in here, nowhere, absolutely nowhere in here where you find that God rebukes wealth. It's not in here. If I, I saw this article the other day, some, some Christian Yahoo. It's, a matter, it's, it's always amazing how there's their, their self-proclaimed, you know, whatever, bishop, prophet, or whatever. Talking about Benny Hinn needs to get out of the ministry and how he needs to, you know, all these things that he needs to do. He needs to get out of the ministry. He needs to give all the money back. He needs to apologize. I'm like, my God, I mean, you left out crucifixion. <laughs> the poor guy. No, honestly. Listen, if God, was, if God was against blessing, if God didn't want us to have wealth, He would have told us. He would have told us that our obedience to Him produces poverty. Amen? But that's not what he said. He said our obedience to him produces the commanded blessing of the Lord. He said our obedience to him. I mean, Job. Job said that if you serve him and obey him, you'll spend your days in prosperity and years in pleasure. Amen? And so the next, next time somebody tells you they don't believe in prosperity, first off, I promise you, just tell them the truth. You're lying. 
And that's what I said to the guy. I said, you're a liar. You're, you're a hypocrite. Then he killed his face, got all red. I, I wanted to help him. I wanted to shock him. Sometimes you just got to shock people to get the truth to them. No, honestly, and that's what happens in the meeting. Sometimes your head has to be offended in order for God to get to your heart. Because it's all about the heart. Isn't it? Amen. It's all about the heart. And, and I said to the guy, I said, let me ask you one question. Because I'm going to prove to you what you're telling me you don't bless you. I'm going to prove to you that what you're telling me you don't believe. Have you ever, and this is, be honest, I will. Have you ever asked God to make you poor? <laughs> Have you ever gone into your prayer closet and prayed for poverty? You haven't, have you? Obviously, you never. I said, then, then you don't believe in poverty. Mm-hmm. Right. I said, tell me what, sell your house, sell your car, go live under a bridge. And I'll bring you some Chick-fil-A every once in a while. <laughs> then you can say you believe in poverty. No, no, no. Uh, honestly. <laughs> And I'll bring you some Chick-fil-A sauce as well. You've got to have the Chick-fil-A sauce. I mean, that, that stuff's from heaven. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, re- I remember when the wackos came against you, because they're always coming against you. Know, I'm trying to watch how I eat, but they keep coming against Chick-fil-A, and I've got to keep going there and supporting them. Because every time they, they protest against them, I go bother some of their sandwiches. <laughs> I had a friend of mine the last time they protested against them when bought 220 sandwiches. No, but, but you know, it's amazing how, but understand something, it's, it's amazing how the attack that comes against Christianity. Because understand something, I'm gonna show, and I'll tell you why. Here's the reason why Christianity is attacked. Understand something, never forget, Satan hates God. No, Satan hates God. Now listen to me. Satan hates God and everything that he does, he does even, even when he attacks you. But all, understand something, the ultimate reason why he's even attacking you is because he hates God. He can't stand him. And he's stupid. He still thinks that he's going to rule and reign. But we can't back down. You can't back down from the truth. You cannot back down from the truth. Matter of fact, I have, I have got this, um, this project that I've been working on. Matter of fact, that one of them is about done. I've gone through all the scriptures. You know, how many know that when God says something over and 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 over, there's a reason. Right? I mean, just look at all the times, just look at all the times he talks about his goodness and mercy. Why? Because God wants you to know He's good. Do you know there's over 500 scriptures on prayer? Why does God talk about prayer so much? Because He wants us to pray. Do you, know the, do you, do you realize there's over 500 scriptures on healing? But do you realize there's over 2,000 scriptures just on blessing? Just on blessing. The blessing of the Lord maketh one rich. Amen. 
That's not talking about spiritually. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. Well, you know, Brother Richard, this life is just hard. No, it's not. Absolutely not. The way of the backslider is hard. Amen? Not the way of the righteous. The way of the backslider is hard. The way of the ignorant is hard. Those that are ignorant of God. But not those that know their Father. Come on. Not those that know who God is. Not those that, that live their life from here. Not from here. From here. Amen? That's, I love what Pastor Jack said. This is Friday night. Listen, we better have a better time tonight than they're having some bar down the street. Amen? Because I can promise you, there's people right now, listen, they haven't even started the party. They're just preparing. I mean, they're, they're preparing. You know what? And they are preparing to have a good, good time. No, they, they, they have committed themselves to not know how they get home. No, no, I'm serious. They have committed themselves to go home with somebody. No, they have committed. No, listen, they've committed themselves. And they are not going to stop. Come on, you, sir. Listen, come on. How many, how many, how many know what I'm talking about? Yeah, more hands than that, I know. <laughs> And they, they, they are preparing. They have one purpose in mind. It's amazing what happens when you come with one purpose in mind. It's amazing what happens when you have one purpose in mind. When your purpose is this, to know who he is. Yes. To know him. Not know about him. That's the problem in the church world. We have a lot of people that know a whole lot about him. But knowing about him isn't going to drive cancer out of somebody's body. Knowing about him isn't going to drive demons out of somebody's life. Amen? Amen. Listen, I can take you, there's many theologians all over the world. Man, they can quote more scripture than you can look up. But I promise you, they'd be the last person I'd want to come pray for me if my life was dependent on somebody praying. Matter of fact, I've said to my wife, if, I, if I'm ever in the hospital and my life's dependent on a prayer, I've said to her, there's certain people you're not to call. Because I want to live, not die. You know what I mean? Do you understand what I'm saying? She knows who to call. Because I have a number of friends that have raised the dead. Listen, you want somebody experienced. You know what? When the dead needs to be raised, you want somebody who knows how to raise the dead. Not somebody who's read a book about it. The fire doesn't fall because you preach about it. It doesn't fall because you read a book about it. The fire of God falls because you've been baptized in it. Amen? And, and if there's no fire in your life, you're not living a scriptural life. Let me just go ahead and just put it out there. Because John said when he comes, he'll baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Some of you don't know what the fire is, but I'm glad you're here tonight. I'm glad you drove from North Carolina. What about in Carolina? Cherokee. Hallelujah. <laughs> I feel it already. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, 
See, when you have one purpose in mind, I'm not even out of the introduction. I ain't even got to anything. I'm just fellowshipping here. Oh, my. You know, it's amazing what happens when people are desperate. I mean, even in the, even in the world. I mean, have you ever been to a party and all of a sudden the keg's empty and they're out of, they're out of alcohol? But all of a sudden, they pass the hat and miracles start happening. No, no, I'm serious. People who said, I have no more money, I have no money, all of a sudden, they'll find a dollar. No, I'm serious. And they're preparing tonight to get something. Have you come here prepared to get something? Amen. Well, whatever the Lord wills, if the Lord wants it, it's going to happen. Oh, stop. That, that's why your life is in the mess. Because that theology has gotten so much into the church. My parents believe that. Well, if it's the Lord's will, it's just going to happen. No, no, no. Salvation didn't happen that way. Salvation didn't happen. You wasn't just going around doing nothing and all of a sudden this good God decided it was His will that you get saved. That's not how you got saved. That's right. Well, if it's the Lord's will. No, absolutely not. That's not how, that's not how the things manifest. That's not how you have an encounter with God. That's not how you get blessed. That's not how you get healed. Well, if it's the Lord's will. No, no, no. You have to go after it. No, no. You have to go after it. And people are preparing. To, listen, I came here ready and prepared. Did you come ready and prepared? Yeah. I come prepared tomorrow morning and tomorrow night. I'm not even preaching it tomorrow, but I'm coming ready and prepared. Are you? Amen. 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 Listen, you shouldn't come into church and have the worship team to get you in praise and worship. You should already be in it before you even come. Yes. Because it's a lifestyle. Yeah, that's right. Because it's something you do all the time. Amen. 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 You should, listen, we shouldn't have to have altar calls in church for people to commit themselves to win people to the Lord because it should be something, it's part of your DNA. It should be something that you do all the time. Why? Because you love the lost and you want to see people delivered from hell. Yes, amen. 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 But yet I go to church after church after church after church after church and, and when it comes to the lost, they don't even do nothing. Listen, if you're a preacher here and you think you win the lost because you give an altar call and people come and get, you're not a soul winner. Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know what? My mentor told me, he said, always preach like you're never getting invited back. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Can you believe that some people say that? Yeah, yeah, you know, don't give them everything. What? No, don't give them everything so you get invited back. What? <laughs> Gosh. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to have a good time. I promise you the difference between you and those getting drunk tonight in the world, which, by the way, let me just say, tell, you, tell you this, and you remember this. Listen, one thing, one thing in the world that when we used to go out and party and those party now, listen, one thing that they're not concerned about is the time. Well, how long is the service going to go, Brother Richard? What difference does that make? You wasn't concerned about it when you was out in the world. Why are you concerned about it now? Hello? I mean, you'd, pre- you'd party to 2, 3 in the morning. Hello? You get mad because they give the last call. Hello? You know, come on. Time wasn't an issue. Then you had to get up. You're going to get home and only have a few hours sleep and get up and go to work. Then do the whole thing over the same next night. And time was never an issue. How come it is now that we get saved? Well, how long is the service going to go? What does that mean? Who cares? You wasn't concerned about it when you serve in the devil. Why are you concerned about it now? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It means nothing. Forget about it. Forget about the time. Forget about the time. It means nothing. Because destiny's in this house tonight. Destiny's here. God's got a plan for every single one of you. No, God has a plan for every single one of you. And I just heard somebody say, yeah, but you don't know what I've done. No, no, no. Stop yielding to the enemy. That's a lie from hell. It makes no difference what you've done. Yeah, but you don't know who I am. No, no, no. You just don't know who he is. No, but you don't know what my life has been. No, 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 no. You just don't know how good he is. Stop bringing, stop bringing his goodness down to the level of your mistake. Or your mistakes. Hello? After mistake, after mistake, after mistake. Because as long as you're still breathing... You can change it. Hello, as long as you're still breathing, you can change things right now. Amen? And it's going to start with, well, how long, forget about how long the service is going to go. Because I can promise you, you're going to wake up in the morning, you're going to wake up refreshed, you're going to wake up filled, you're going to wake up healed, you're going to wake up rejoicing. Come on, you're going to wake up knowing that something happened to you. Amen? Amen? Unlike the world, they're going to wake up in the morning to some stranger. Because they got full of devils and that ugly person became beautiful. Or that ugly man became handsome. Then you wake up sick. Then you crawl, then you crawl to the bathroom. That's what happens. Then they hug Uncle John. (laughs) They're not going to give him an offering. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'm just getting right down to where people are. (laughs) Because every single one of us, most of us, has had that happen to But this means nothing. Open your Bibles tonight. Father, come to this house. Have your way. Lord, I thank you for every individual that's here. Lord, I thank you that not one person leaves here as they've come. Lord, I thank you that every individual in this house, every man, every woman, every boy and girl, every individual has 
an encounter with you tonight, tomorrow morning, tomorrow night, Sunday. Lord, I thank you for bodies healed in this house. Lord, I thank you for answers. Lord, I thank you for encounters. Let your presence fill this house. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost fall. Let your word become alive. Lord, we haven't come seeking a touch from man. Lord, we become hungry for your touch. Have your way in this house. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. As Pastor Jock began to talk and share about my testimony, that happened at Benny Hinge Church in 1991. And it happened because I, got, I came to the place I was so desperate and hungry for God. And the Lord spoke to me this morning and said, Share with the people what, what you did so they can experience what you did. Always understand something. There's always a reason why something happens. Nothing just happens. There's always a reason why a miracle happens. There's always a reason why somebody gets healed. There's always a reason why somebody has an encounter with God. There's always a reason why somebody has a miracle ministry. There's always a reason for everything. Understand something. There's always a reason. And the Lord said to me, I want you to share that reason because there's a lot of things I can't teach you. I can't teach you how to fly a plane. I'm not a pilot. But I can teach you how to have an encounter with God. I can show you how. Because I've been there. I've had an encounter with God n numerous times. And I will tell you this. It's not, it's not always... It's a, say it to you this way. It's not comfortable in the flesh. It's not comfortable in the flesh. But if you want things to change in your life, they're not going to change because you wish them to change. If you want things to change in your life, they're not going to change because all of a sudden God decides today's your day. If you want things to change in your life, it's going to change because you do something. If you want to have an encounter with God, the encounter is going to come because you do something. If you want to have a particular anointing in your life, you can have it, but there's a price to pay for it. People don't understand. Any anointing is available to you. It just comes down to how hungry are you for it. As I said earlier, there's scripture. You can find scripture after scripture. And then I stopped about the prosperity thing because I really want to get into this. Because there's a, I can get over into that and stay there. Just because the Lord's freed me in that area. Because I used to be, listen, I, I grew up, there's a, time, there's a time in my life I grew up in the projects. I grew up in, even though I grew up in, I know Pastor Jack was telling Pastor Todd, you know, that I, that I did grow up in a racing family. That was my dream is to drive race cars. That's my dream. As a matter of fact, I said to my wife, come in here about a certain car. I mean, it's my dream. Certain things. And, you know, and... Um, <clears throat> And so, but my grandparents would come and get me on the weekends. I mean, I, I lived at the racetrack for the first seven, 15 years of my life. But for about five years of those, those years, I, I grew up in the projects. And when you grow up in the projects, especially when you're, when you're, you're young, you develop a mindset. And I developed a mindset, and I didn't realize the mindset that I developed was not only robbing me of the blessings of God, but it was also robbing me of, of His presence. It was also robbing me of the anointing. Because everything, 
when it comes to the anointing, when it comes to money, they're, they're, they're connected. They're joined together. You cannot, listen, if, if, you want, if you want to have the anointing of God flowing in your life, then you're going to have to get free when it comes to the air of money. Because both of them works off the same principle. They both work off the same principle. I'll give you an example. Jesus said, if you can't be trusted with unrighteous mammon, then how can God trust you with the true riches? That comes from our king. Jesus said, if you can't be trusted with money, then how can God trust you with a special anointing that's going to, you know, a miracle anointing? Because the very thing that would keep you from sowing a seed in the offering is the same thing that's going to keep you from flowing in that anointing that God would even give you. Because they both work off the same principle. Let me say it to you this way. The same thing that will keep you from putting the $100 in the bucket as it's passed is the same thing that will keep you from pulling somebody out of a wheelchair. They, they go together. And that's why this attack on, on the subject of finances, it is a direct attack from hell. It's a direct attack from hell. I was reading today, I was reading today, but because there's a, there's something the Lord's been dealing with me about, especially when it comes to the church, because we have we have we have gotten to the place in the church that we have we have replaced the anointing of God for programs. We've replaced the supernatural in the church. It's been replaced. And really what's happened is, 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 is that the church has taken the gold out and replaced it with brass. And I begin to read, in, read this today. I was reading in Kings. Kings, 1 Kings 6 and then go to 7. I mean, you will be shocked. If you, if you want to know how God is, just look how God designed for the temple to be built. Go this, go that, go this, go that, go this, go, go door handles, go silverware. I mean, go uh, silverware, what do you call um, Utensils. I mean, go to everything. No, no, I'm saying go this, go everything, gold, 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 gold. You get a, you 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 begin to get an idea of who the Father is. He hasn't changed at all. Well, you know, Brother Richard, you just don't want to get excessive. <laughs> what are you talking about? God's excessive. Amen. What are you talking? God is extreme. God is so extreme, he, His extremeness will blow you away. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Amen. He's so excessive. What do you mean? That, that's, just, that's just a trick of the enemy to rob you. Because I can tell you this, your purpose, one of your purposes in life, and we'll all stand before the Father and give an account. One of our purposes in this life is, listen to me very closely, is to advance the kingdom of God. 
And we're going to stand before the Father and we're going to give an account of our life. We're going to stand before the Father and give an account of everything we did for his kingdom. The very thing that every single one of us should fear is the fact that we stand before God successful. Successful in doing what we wanted to do and not what he wanted us to do. Because we'll all stand before him and give an account of everything. Everything that's in here, everything that's recorded in here that we are commanded to do, we're going to stand before him and give an account. Somebody said to me the other day, well, you know, God, 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 God doesn't care if I go to church or not. I said, oh, yes, he does. And matter of fact, you will stand before God and you'll give account of your church service. Well, I've never heard this kind of preaching before. I need scripture on that. Didn't the Bible say, don't forsake the gathering together of yourselves? Didn't God say that? Well, when God tells us, don't forsake the gathering together of ourselves, and we do, when we stand before him, guess what we're going to give an account of? The problem is, is that in the church world today, in the majority of the church world, not only is the subject of blessing attacked, the majority of the church world, people, and especially ministers, are not eternity-minded. Everything we do, we have to do in the light of eternity. Everything. Every time my wife and I, we gave in the offering tonight. We'll give in the morning and we'll give tomorrow night and we'll give Sunday. Why? Because we have eternal purpose connected to it. That's why I am a very blessed man. I came, I came here blessed. I'm leaving here blessed. We have an eternal for everything we do. There must be an eternal purpose on everything. This, this, this conference, Word and Spirit conference, the, listen, is, there is an eternal purpose for this conference. But when eternity is not in your mindset, then you don't do anything for eternity. Everything's for yourself. But we don't do it for ourselves. Everything we do, we do for the purpose of the kingdom. That's why the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. The problem is, people, people don't do the first, they don't do the second. Because there's two things there. There's really three things there. The third thing is all these things added unto us. But the problem is everybody wants everything added unto them, but you don't understand. In, every, in order for everything to be added unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over to where the blessed people are jealous of you. Hello? I'm so blessed, blessed people are jealous. But there has to be, there has to be because it's a heart issue that your purpose is the kingdom of God. Your purpose is seeking the Father. Your purpose is carrying forth His will in the earth. Because we're kingdom minded. We're kingdom people. And everything is about the kingdom. 
But when you're not eternity-minded, everything, it's not about the kingdom. It's about your kingdom. But everything has to be about the Father's business. But I can promise you this. When you just make the adjustment and make first things first and get everything right and in order, you're talking about blessing. You're, talk, you're talking about extreme blessing. You... Amen. That's that, that's why that's why that's why. Listen to me. I mean, my wife was on the phone today with a lady. We'll be in Maine. I'll, be, I'll leave here in a few days and head to Maine. And there's a lady who's one of our supporters, and she was on the phone with my wife today forever. <laughs> And she's no longer at the church that we're, we're heading to. And the, the ease that people have in their life, the ease of just leaving a church, it's so nonchalant, they think no nonchalantly, it's just, well, whatever, I'll just go to another church. And they don't realize what they're doing to their life spiritually. They don't realize what they're doing to their family. I'll give, an, I'll give an example. A number of years, many, 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 many years ago, my wife and I, we were associate pastors of a church in upstate New York, and uh, the Lord delivered us. Now we're on the road, and... <laughs> and... <laughs> I was in this church, and I just love when people come and, you know, they've already made up in their mind. And here's, here's the thing. You just got to be honest with people and tell people the truth, even if it offends them. Because here's the reality. You're going to stand before God and give an account. Because God's going to bring that scene to you when so-and-so, when, when Sister Buckamouth came to you. <laughs> or Brother Dingling came to you. And you just, you because you, you didn't want to offend him. Well, you know, just, you just what, follow your heart. Follow your heart. You, know, you know, people always come, follow your heart. What's that mean? Oh, oh they, got, they got such a good heart. What does that mean? You're going to base things on that. Listen, if you need a major operation, are you going to pick your doctor because he has a good heart or because he knows what he's doing? I think I have him. I don't know if it's his qualification, but he's got such a good heart. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> and so the guy comes to me and says, you know, well, you know, we're going to leave the church. And I'm like, why? Well, you know, I've got a job promotion. Don't leave. I just told him the truth. Don't leave. Now, if he would have come and said, we know the Lord told me. Well, that's a whole other thing. I know Pastor Jack put something on. It's good. I like how you stir things up. It's good. Keep doing it. That's why I like it. We're the same cloth. And I said, don't leave. 
Then he was, why? It's amazing how people come, they've already made up in their mind. They just, you know what, they're trying to ease their conscience because they know they shouldn't do it, but they're trying to get the preacher, hello, to agree with them, to give them the green light to go ahead and do it. To ease something inside. Still won't ease it because they know they're not supposed to do it. They ease it for a few minutes. I said, don't leave. I said, first off, you're doing whatever, what the majority of Christians do. Here's the majority of Christians. They bow to the altar of money. I thought you were a prosperity preacher. There's a difference between having a blessing and being overcome with a blessing versus serving it. We don't serve money. We serve God. Money's a tool. It's all it is. That's right. it's, a t- it's all it is is a tool. That's right. It's all it is. It's a tool to advance God's kingdom. Not yours. God's. You know how you can tell if you're free from it or not? If the Lord speaks to you to give something away and you can't give it away, guess what? You're in bondage to it. It has you. Pastor Jack, am I saying everything you told me to say? Okay, I was just wondering. <laughs> he didn't tell me to say that. Pastor Marie did. But, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm teasing. But here's the, here's the thing I said, look, don't leave because you, you ne- listen to me, church, listen to me. You never make a decision based on money. You never, ever, 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 ever leave a church because you're getting a promotion. Don't you think God can bless you where you are? Why do you have to go to another state? And I said, is there a church where you're going? No, there's no church, but I'm a strong Christian. Red light. No, just even that statement tells me you're not. And I don't want to get into the whole thing because I'm going to go another direction. I need to say some things tonight. But here's the bottom line. He made a decision based on money. And he left the church three years later because he said all the things that he thought it was going to impress me. To me, I was just making me sick because I'm going to be able to buy my wife her dream home. Yeah, but you're going to, you're going to do it backsliding. You're going to do it Serving money. You're going to, listen, you're going to do it at the expense of your marriage and of your kids. Because it never, ever, ever, ever pays, ever. It never pays to make a decision based on money. Because everything we do as believers, listen to me, everything we do as believers is because God tells us. Now, I'm not talking about leaving a church. I'm just talking about decisions you make in your life. You never make it on money. You base it upon the inward witness of the inside because you feel the Spirit of God speaking to you or God speaking to you. You feel unleaded. That's how you make decisions, Amen. not based on money. Because it's, it's, first off, it's wrong motive. And you'll make the wrong decision. But I'm going to be able to buy my wife her dream home and be able to get a boat and we'll be able to do everything for the family that we wanted to do. But there's no church there. 
There's no church there. You want to be out of church? And this was before internet. Which, by the way, you don't go to church because you watch church online. There's no such thing. Amen. Amen. And there's no internet then. Well, guess what? You know, they, they left. They left. Three years later, he's divorced. His 16-year-old daughter's pregnant. His 14-year-old son's on for drugs. Do you know why? Because he based his decision on money. He did not, listen to me closely, he did not make his decision in the light of eternity. Everything you do in your life, ask yourself the question, when I do what I'm about ready to do, how is this going to affect my eternity? Because the ultimate goal, it's all about eternity. Hello, listen to me. It's all about eternity. That's why preachers, you've got to preach hard. You've got to preach the truth. Because the last thing you want is somebody that's set under you to go to hell. Amen. We'll never make it based on that. Everything becomes because the Lord's leading you. And when the Lord leads you, there will always be confirmation after confirmation after confirmation. Matter of fact, even if you're in the church, listen to me, and you feel led that you're supposed to do something, guess what? The Lord will even speak to you, the pastor. And he'll know, he'll, he'll know it. Hello? Because he is the shepherd. Amen? Amen? You know, I used to tell people, because my wife and I, we get people saved all the time. Oh, we get people saved all the time. I used to tell people, just find a church and go there. I don't do that anymore. Because I don't want them to go to some dead church. Some, no, I don't want them to go to some dead church. So they asked me now, well, what church should I go to? I said, go, go to town and find out what the people, find out the church everybody's saying is a cult. Go there. <laughs> No, I know how the enemy works. No, no, I know how the enemy works. If it's God, if it's Holy Ghost, it's an occult. That's the enemy. That's what he said. Have you been called an occult? Mark, my point has been proven. I mean, that's how it is. Have you been called an occult? Snake charmers. Snake charmers. See, there you go. Witchcraft. My point has been. Uh, my, my point. Did Hillary go there? But my point has been. Uh, no, I'm teasing. Jeez. <laughs> my point has been proven. Hello. <laughs> no, because that's how the enemy operates. That's how, no, that's how he operates. I had somebody come to one of my meetings and get totally healed. But, but some, somebody else came to the meeting. One of their friends came and came to me and said, I was, you know, whatever, and as a cult, I was a cult leader or something. <laughs> well, they decided whatever to come find, find out. They come to the meeting and got healed. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Let me read. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah! I'm, I'm, I got this new iPad. I'm gonna become like I'm trying to become like a millennials. Do everything for me, iPad. I'm gonna read a number of scriptures to you. I'm gonna lead you to the water tonight. 
And listen to this, listen to this theme that, you, that, we, that we hear from the Lord. You know, the reality is, it's, it's really plain. It's right here in the Word. Everything's really very plain. Let me just say to you, Christianity is not, it's, it's not hard. Yeah, that's true. It's not hard at all. I mean, it's very easy. Christianity is really very, the things of God are really very easy. Amen? Amen? Yeah. I mean, think about it. Call on me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things you know not. That's very easy. <laughs> Call on him. Right. All things are possible to him that believes. It's really very simple. Really, what's happened is that religious people have gotten in and taken the very simple things of God and made them very hard. But I want to show you how tonight, every single one of you here can have an encounter with God. Because every single one of you must have an encounter with God. Because God has a plan for every single one of you. God wants everyone here to be used in the area of miracles. Every single one of you. God wants everyone in this house to be so blessed that you fund the end time harvest. God wants every individual here operating in the nine gifts of the Spirit. Every single one of you. God wants every single one of you here operating in the word of knowledge. God wants every single one of you here operating in the working of miracles. God wants every single one of you flowing with the gifts of healing. God wants every single one of you here operating in the supernatural. We are a supernatural church. God, listen, God never intended for there just to be a message. And some people, the only reason they've got a message is because they're satisfied with their message. Christianity is not just a message. That's just part of it. I tell Bible school students all the time here, just what, a month ago I was, I was home and spoke at our Bible school for one night because we had a revival at the Bible school one night. And, and I, I tell you what I told them. Listen, ministry, listen, your ministry is not your sermon. Your ministry is what's inside you. That's why I can go anywhere in the world and have a revival. And it's been that way since 1990. I'm going to get into it tonight. How it happened. And the Lord wanted me to share this tonight because it's so easy that every single one of you can come to the same water and drink from that I drank from. Every single one of you can come to the same fountain. Every single one of you can have an encounter with God. And it change your whole life. Ministry is what's inside you. That's so why my wife and I, we've been to 52 nations of the world. Listen, I didn't get to 52 nations of the world 82 times because of my high school education. I didn't even have one. I graduated with the same class. I, I, one, I remember when I graduated, I had one class for three years. <laughs> I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> was it was it because <laughs> I love this guy <laughs> but something I did something I did and the Lord showed me and I want to share it with you tonight 
There's a reason I, I wasn't even going to go to this direction. Actually, last night, I was going a whole other direction. But the Lord spoke to me this morning. But listen to this. I want, to, I want you to hear this theme. I want to read a number of scriptures to you. I want you to listen to this theme that God speaks throughout, throughout his word. First, you can write these. Don't turn to it. Just write these scriptures down. I have a lot of scriptures here. I won't be getting to all of them tonight. But listen to me. First Chronicles 16, 11. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continually. This is what he says here. Seek his face continually. The New Living Translation says, Now seek the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. And this is a thing that you'll see all throughout the Word of God. And when God talks about something all throughout the Word of God, you have to understand He's showing you and He's revealing you the key. It's like when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Do you realize that the Bible starts with Him and ends with Him? The Bible starts with the Holy Spirit, Genesis 1 2, and ends with the Holy Spirit, Revelations 22, I believe 17. He starts with Him and He ends with Him. Every single display of God's power, the Holy Spirit was involved. Every single miracle, the Holy Spirit was involved. Every act of God, the Holy Spirit was involved. You see the Holy Spirit in every chapter and every book of the Bible. There's a reason. When it comes to His birth, you see that the birth of Jesus was by the Holy Ghost. You see that his ministry, nothing happened until his ministry. You don't read of anything happening in his life and ministry until the day came that he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Everything was by the Spirit. Everything's by the Holy Ghost. That's why John said when he comes, he's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. Understand, everything's by the Holy Ghost. And by the fire of the Holy Ghost, everything. I remember a number of years ago, 1994 or 95, I was in Lakeland for a camp meeting with my, uh, my pastor, my friend, Dr. Rodney L. Brown. And one night, the angels begin to sing. There's like 10,000 people there. And the angels begin to sing. I mean, you can, go on, you can go on YouTube and watch it. I mean, uh, you're, you're, you, I promise you, you, your whole house will fill with the glory of God. We, we were in that service. You was in that service. Play it in your car, it's dangerous because you'll drive off the road. I mean, the glory, the glory will fill your car. I mean, the angels, listen to me, the angels sang. But also that night, there was who's who in the... Charismatic zoo there. No, I mean, there were so many, if I was to tell you all the preacher's names, there was there every single one, even know who they are. But one night, or that night, one of the guys, if I was to tell you his name, you'd know him. I won't. Not, don't want, I don't want a curse to come on me. I won't do that. Never attack somebody's ministry. Never. That's why these people coming against Benny Hinn, the handwriting's on the wall. 
But that night, this guy, if I was to mention his name, you'd know who he is. Some of you probably watch him on TV. He leaned over to a friend of mine and said, in the, in, right at the peak of the angel singing, turned to a friend of mine and said, man, I don't feel nothing here. Do you, you feel anything? He said, I don't feel nothing here. Do you feel anything? Which just goes to show that people can operate in their gift, but not the Holy Ghost. People can operate by their talent, but not by the Holy Ghost. But here's the thing you have to understand. God only accepts that which is done by the Holy Ghost, not that which is done by your talent. God only accepts that which is done by the Holy Ghost, not that which is done by your gift. Because everything is about the Holy Spirit. Because God Himself is a Spirit. Therefore, us as believers, we do everything by the Spirit. And if you just get a revelation of that, you'll come to the place to where disease will have no hold on you. You'll come to the place you can go to a disease-infected area. And it'll have no hold on you. Why? Because you'll come to the place that you realize, as Paul was at, that you have been freed from by, you live your life by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus not by the law of sin and death Amen. everything's by the Holy Ghost everything's by the Holy Ghost listen to me everything's by the Holy Ghost And when you do it, listen, when you do it by the Holy Ghost, one thing that will accompany your act is signs and wonders and miracles. Because God always confirms, always, when it's by the Holy Ghost. Because it has to happen because it's by the Holy Ghost. A miracle comes by Him. Everything's from Him. But we've gotten to the place, and especially, listen, especially in America, as I said to you, my wife and I, we go overseas all the time. I've been overseas 82 times. I've been in 52 nations of the world. Only in America, when I go to Russia, they don't know what seeker sensitive means. When I go to Africa, they don't know what seeker sensitive means. When I go to Europe, they don't know what seeker sensitive means. When I go to Denmark, they don't know what seeker-sensitive means. Only in America. Yeah. Only in America, seeker-sensitive. Yeah. It's an American thing. It's an American, I don't even want to use the word gospel. It's an American thing. It's like the Y2K thing. Remember 19, 2000 and 1999? That's only in America. Now, only in America where the plane's going to fly out of the sky because the computers, whatever, I'm not a, whatever, I don't even, what about the computers? You know, they was all, they don't go past 1999, December 20, what, a 31st, whatever. And everything's going to crash. And then Christians write books on it. And then they, they store, you know, they, they, they get themselves a special places to go hide out. No, no, this is all happening. You know, they've got a food supply. 
you know, they got generators and a food supply. Why? Because everything, everything was by the natural. They lived totally by the natural. I didn't supply anything. Why? Because the ravens are feeding me. And I didn't feel any... Because first off, I knew right away, I knew that it was an American thing, that it wasn't of God. They're storing up food and stuff. And everybody, I can't tell you the people storing up. They asked me, I ain't storing up nothing. I'm going to get on a plane on December 31st. <laughs> because it, it, it's, 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 it's a lie. And everybody's storing up foods and it's always beans. I wouldn't even go over there anyway. I mean, all beans here and beans there. Bean, bean, bean. I'm not, everything was beans. My God, store up something besides beans. Jeez. <laughs> I guess they'd have praise and worship going on, but you're the only one who got that. No, no, but, every, but I said to somebody, I said, well, that's rubbish. What's going on? Why? Why do all that? Because it, it, it's a natural thing. Because it, 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 it does nothing but soul. It's a soulish thing. And I said, I can prove to you nothing will happen. It's not God. Because when God reveals something, listen to me. When God, listen to me very closely. If what you have only works in a certain area, it's not God. Because when God gives you something, it'll work all over the world. Yeah, that's right. Not just in America. When God gives you something, it'll work in the jungles of Africa. When God gives you something, it'll work in the rainforest of Brazil. Listen to me. When God gives you, it, it will work to the native people that don't even speak English. When God gives you something. And I told people, it's rubbish. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. Because it's just an American thing. And sure enough, nothing happened. It's amazing the preachers who wrote books on it never gave them the money back. <laughs> they lied to the people. But they'll stand before God and give an account. First Chronicles, listen to me. First Chronicles twenty-two nineteen. Now seek the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, listen, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Acts 17, 27. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps fill their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. James 4.8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. I like the living translation, come close to God and he will come close to you. Matthew 6.33, read it earlier, come close to God, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Proverbs 8.17, I love them that love me and those that seek me early shall find me. Psalms 9 verse 10, and they that know Thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Psalms 14.2 The Lord looks down from heaven on the entire human race, and he looks to see if anyone is truly wise, if anyone seeks God. Psalms 105.4 Search for the Lord, and for his strength continually seek him. Amos 5.6 Seek the Lord, and you shall live. 
Luke 11, 9 through 10. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Job 5, 8, 9. I would seek unto God, and unto God would I commit my cause, which doeth, listen, which doeth great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. Whew, I love that right there. Ooh, Let me read that one again. I would seek unto God, and unto God would I commit my cause. Listen, what does he do? Which doeth great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. Whoo, my mom, I could just read that and read that and read that. Jeremiah 29, 13 and 14. And you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. First part of verse 14. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. Understand something. God honors always. God always honors those who seek him. There has never been anyone that has sought God and failed to find him. God always honors those that seek Him. And you know what? Let's just read some more. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Very, very popular scripture amongst faith guys. Us faith people. Listen to what he says here. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Everybody knows that. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. I mean, I, I, listen, I, I'm, that, that's, that verse has been proclaimed so much and, 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 and rightfully so it needs to be and even more proclaimed. But everybody can quote that. But listen to what he says here. But without faith, listen, it is impossible. Everybody say impossible. That means it isn't going to happen. It is impossible to please Him. Then goes on, listen, but let's go on to what he says. But everybody wants to stop there. But listen, we're going, what he says. For he that cometh to God, listen, must believe that he is. Here's the key. You must believe that he is. Those that come to God, you must believe that he is. Meaning, you must believe when you seek him, you're going to find him. That means if you need to be healed in your body, when you come to him, you got to believe that he is your healer. Those that come to him must believe that he is. I mean, if you need a financial breakthrough, you got to come to him believing that he is your provider. If you need a miracle, you got to come to him believing that he is your miracle, that he is the God of miracles. They that come to him, those that press into him, must believe that he is. But don't stop there. Then he goes on, and that he is a rewarder. Listen, he is a rewarder. He is a rewarder. Most people in the body of Christ, most people, listen to me, most people, even people that sent under faith teaching, even people sent under great prosperity teaching, most people do not see God as a rewarder, especially in the religious world. But God is a rewarder. 
Listen, God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. He will reward you because he's in a warder. Listen to me. See God for who he is. Not from the eyes of the Laurentius world that try to portray him in a certain way. See him as he is. Do you understand who he is? If you just got one glimpse of who he is, there would be no one. There would be nothing that would stop you from seeking him. And I'm going to tell you that right now, because you have a choice. Because, but listen to me, because believing is a choice. What you believe is because you chose to believe it. What you don't believe is because you chose not to believe it. Belief is a choice. He is a rewarder. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Of who? Of the, listen to me. Is he a rewarder of Christians? It's not what he said. He didn't say he was a rewarder of Christians. He said he is a rewarder. Listen, he didn't even say that he's a rewarder of believers. He said he's a rewarder. Now we're going to make it a very select group here. Of those. Now we're going to make it even more select. Who diligently seek him. Let me ask you a question. If somebody, say they're a football player, somebody's a football player, and they go, they, they go to practice some of the time, are they diligent? Let me ask you a question. Somebody that comes to church some of the times, are they diligent? So let me ask you a question. Somebody that, that gives sometimes, are they diligent? He's a rewarder of them who diligently, constantly, without stop, seek Him. Most people won't because they don't want to get up, give up their material things. Most people don't want to pay the price. Because their flesh, they've yielded to their flesh for so long that their flesh controls them and dictates them. But here's the reality. Everything in your life can change. I don't care what you're going through right now. I, I, don't, I don't care what doctors have said. I don't care how big the financial problem is. I, I don't care what hell you think is going on in your life. And I find there's a lot of people go through a lot of hell. But I'm telling you right now, everything can change. Amen. And that's part of the reason you being here, especially you, dear lady. Listen to me. I'm pointing right to you, especially you. It's a reason. 
and your life is going to be totally, radically changed. What's your name? You'll never be the same. Glory to God. See, the supernatural, listen to me, the supernatural should not be uncommon. And let me just say this, listen. It's not unscriptural to be in a battle. It's just unscriptural to lose. <laughs> right? He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's why he said in Jeremiah. See, he says the same thing all throughout the word. All throughout the word. There's many, many more scriptures I could pull out. He says the same thing. What, what does seeking God do? Well, I love what Amos said. Amos said, if you seek Him, you'll live. Amen? Amen. Amen. Jeremiah said that, that He will allow you to find Him if you seek Him. And then the next, very, very, next part of the verse says uh, that God will be found by us. Amen? But, this, but God said, listen to me, uh, David said the same thing in Chronicles, uh, First Chronicles to, to Solomon. Because David couldn't build the house because he had blood on his hands. But guess what David could do? David can fund it. And, and, and David, from his own personal treasury, funded the billions of dollars today's standards. Something like 30-some billion dollars today's standards. That was David. Don't tell me God's not a God of blessing. Like I said, I didn't, I, I stopped it, 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 all the gold. It, it, I mean, there's so much more. I mean, I, 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 would I could actually overload you right now with just who he is. I don't think some of your minds are able, going to be able to handle it all. But let me tell you something. God. If you want to know who God is, just read Revelation 4. Lightnings and thunder around him. That's what the Bible says. Do you understand who he is? And the problem that we deal with constantly in the church, it's why we don't see the miracles, it's why we don't see the supernatural, is because we got a lot of people that got all kinds of knowledge. But there's a difference between having knowledge and intimacy. There's a difference between having knowledge and relationship. The Bible says, they that know their God. Not those that have knowledge about Him. They that know their God. That, that word know there is the same word used when the, when the Bible says Adam knew Eve. understand. I mean, I could. there's just so much exploded in me. I wish I could just take everybody and just line you up and just lay my hands on you and boom, it goes into you. But it doesn't happen that way. Because you got to come after Him for yourself. you got to cry unto Him. you got to come after Listen to me. you got to come after Him yourself. you got to I cannot get hungry for you. I can't get desperate 
for you. I can't seek him for you. You have to yourself. I can't listen. You, you got to speak to the mountain yourself. You got to come after him yourself. I can tell you, you're looking at a very hungry preacher right now. If I wasn't here doing these meetings, I, I've been at my, I've been at my church. My wife and I've been on the road so much this year. I've been, I've been at my church four times this whole year. Four Sundays, that's it. And I'm, we leave again Friday. And I head to Maine. Then come home and head to Oregon. Then come home and head to Illinois. So I'm home now. It's a joy to be here. But if I wasn't ministering here tonight, if this conference wasn't going on tonight, I'd be at my church right now in an all-night prayer meeting. Non-stop. From 6 at night to 6 in the morning. 12 hours, non-stop. No preaching. Father, you said that if I would call on you, you would answer me and you would show me great and mighty things that I know not. And I'm calling on you now. I've been praying 15 minutes. Ooh, the Lord heard me. No, 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 no. Hour after hour after hour after hour after hour after hour after hour. God said, listen to me. God said, if you would just come after him, he would allow you to find him. God said, if you just call on me, and seek me with all your heart and call on me I will answer you and I will show you great and I'll show you mighty things that you know not that's not even entered your mind it'll blow you away why? because God himself will, will step out of eternity and he'll step right into time The very way Jesus himself stepped out of eternity and he stepped into time by the Holy Ghost born of a virgin. And for 33 and a half years, we see, we read about, and we hear about the displays of God's glory. Which is just very... Minimum, very small. I mean, because the Bible says there was so much that happened under the life and ministry of Jesus that there would not be enough room in the world to contain all the books that have to be written about all that he did. And when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when you see, read all the miracles and you read all the signs and wonders, you're only reading the last 30-some days of his life. And as, as believers, as the church, our church is to represent 
Because we are the body of Christ. We are to represent. We are to display him. That's why Paul said that I might know you and the power of your resurrection. History tells us. History tells us from, from, from individuals like Josephus and others, history tells us that Paul, when Paul spoke to the Galatians in, 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 in Galatians chapter 3, when Paul talked about the cross, it was so real. History tells us it was so real to Paul that those that heard him, it was so real. His words were so full of life that they felt they were there themselves witnessing it. That's why our words must be full of power. Amen. That's why, that's why, that's why the, Jesus said, the words I speak unto you. Understand, listen to me. Empty people do not push away the kingdom of darkness. Only Holy Ghost filled, Holy Ghost fire baptized people push away the kingdom of darkness. Amen. And that's the whole purpose and the whole trick. That's why the Bible says don't be ignorant of his devices because that's the whole purpose and the whole plan of the enemy is to get the church away from the supernatural. To get the church away from the glory. To get the church away from the anointing. And listen to me. And here's the big one. Get the church away from God and get them seeking on self-centered stuff. That's why many churches have become nothing. Many churches in America, I'm sorry, but many churches in America, this pulpit has become nothing more than just some motivational, life coaching pulpit. I am not a life coach. I am not a motivational speaker. I'm a Holy Ghost and fire baptizing the Holy Ghost preacher that believes in signs and wonders, that believes in miracles, that believes in extreme blessing, that believes in the glory, that believes in the power, that believes in casting out devils, not counseling devil, casting them out. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, I feel, I, I'm about ready to take off running around this house. Glory to God. If I take off running, you're going to follow me? You're in your ostrich shoes there? See if the ostrich can outrun me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. hallelujah. I mean, did you ever did you ever did you ever think about Peter preaching? No, think about Peter preaching. Peter's services would go so long that Ananias and Sapphira they devised, they was used of the devil to lie to, to God, lie to the Holy Ghost. And they made this, they, they come up with a plan. 
Think about how many services, Pastor Jack, they must have been in. Think about Pastor Todd, how many services they must have been in. So you could see them getting together and saying, you know what? The services go forever. So I'll tell you what, Ananias, I'll go in first. <laughs> and then you wait three hours, because service still be going. <laughs> and you wait three hours, and then you come. And that's what happened. Not telling how long the service was going before he came. Then, then he dropped dead because he lied to the Holy Ghost. Three hours later, the Bible says, she comes. She dropped dead by the Holy Ghost. No telling how long they went and continued to go after that. But think about it. There must have been such glory in the house that when Ananias died, they took him out and buried him. There must have been so much glory in the house that, that those that buried him didn't want to miss anything. So instead of going and telling his wife, they ran back to the church. They didn't want to miss anything. Think about it. <laughs> Do you know, I can tell you, and, 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 our, and especially as the meetings get going, I mean, it, it, even Roanoke, we just left uh, Roanoke here, what, uh, two months ago, I think it was, a month ago, we was there for five weeks. We have people, every Wednesday night, it's amazing, you, at 9 o'clock, 9.30, you see a bunch of people come in. Because the people go to their church, and their church is getting over by 9, 9.30, so they knew the revival would still be going on, so they'd come to the meeting. Because <laughs> they didn't want to miss what was happening. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, the glory. You see, it's just one taste. Yeah, that's right. That's, right. that's all it did. See, I, I, listen, I've tasted just one taste. That's why the Bible says taste and see. Just one, just one taste. I mean, I, I liken it to my, man, listen, my, I grew up in Kentucky, man, my, there ain't nothing. My, my favorite food, if I, was, if I was allowed just one, one last meal before I die, listen, without question, it'd be biscuits and gravy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, nothing like homemade biscuits. I mean, when you pull them out, you see the, 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 the steam coming off. You know what I mean? The steam. And you open them up and it's just like, oh, your glasses fog up. You know what I mean? Put the butter on it. Oh, and you, oh, oh, Pastor, this is my service. I work along. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's my story. I got it. I got That's how you know somebody's into it. They start telling your story without even doing it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta. I mean, my, my, I mean, my grandmother. She, you gotta have that butter. You get, you, 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 you put a big clunk of butter. You know what I mean? You put it on there, and because the biscuit's so hot, the butter just melts all over it. Shakabakata. <laughs> Make you want to speak in tongues. Am I? And then you get then you get that then you get that gravy. I like it. I don't like runny. I like it thick. Ooh, 
Ooh, I, I like it good and thick. You just, <laughs> uh, I, I, I've watched people put their gravy on their biscuit. What are you doing? Give me that thing. <laughs> I mean, it's got to run all over. You shouldn't be able to see any biscuit. I mean, it's got to run all over it. You know what I mean? Then you gotta, then you gotta have some pepper. Oh, I mean, you gotta just. I'm not talking about a. Ch, I'm talking about. Ch, 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 ch. <laughs> then you, then you, then you cut it. Oh. And then you just. Oh. <laughs> talking about a party in your mouth. I mean, it's, it's just. <laughs> Oh, my, 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 my. She says sausage gravy. Sausage gravy. You know, come on, how do you know what I'm talking about? If you didn't grow up in the South, I feel sorry for you. But <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm, I'm convinced my grandmother's gravy, I promise you, I'm telling you the truth, it was so good that it, if she would have took a little spoonful and put it on my head, my tongue, I'd slap myself silly to get to it. I, <laughs> I'd slap myself to get to it. I mean, is that good? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Hallelujah. Then my next, my next choice would be beans and cornbread. <laughs> With a big old ham hock in the middle. You gotta have lots of butter and cornbread. I mean, butter just makes everything good, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, butter, jeez. Butter's the cue of all ills, you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's how you know it's really good because it's all in your beard. You know what I mean? <laughs> you keep some in there for the next day. You know what I mean? I mean. <laughs> oh. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm missing, I'm, I'm leaving so much out here. Go with me to Exodus 33 quickly as I close. I close about five times, so close in number one. Let me just say this to you. Let me ask you a question. How bad do you want it? Because hunger is an action. Hunger is not a, Listen, hunger is an action. People can say they're hungry, but don't tell, that means nothing. Show me you're hungry. How bad do you want it? Now, how bad do you want your breakthrough? How bad do you want your encounter? You live in North Carolina? Did you drive here just for these meetings? They wanted bad enough they drove at least 10 hours, right? Yeah, 12. 12. Took you 12. 
Oh, it takes me 10. But driving... <laughs> <laughs> that was a hurricane. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's women tick up for one another. That's right. Yes. That was a hurricane. <laughs> no, no, but hunger is an action. You don't, you don't drive 12 hours just for a meeting. I remember when my wife and I was was on our quest. We're still on the quest. I remember that my family and her family thought we were nuts. And what made it even worse is they'd always bring they'd always bring up the traveling father and a South African. Whatever that supposed to meant in their minds. <laughs> Whatever it means. And I can't get into all the, the testimony, but matter of fact, I just, I just met with the pastor that I got, the church that I, and I'll be ministering to um, later this year, but the church that uh, Colonel Sanders was a member of. I'll be, late, I'll be there later this year. And I was just talking with the son, who's the pastor of the church, just about his dad. And his dad was... Pastor Wayman Rogers, who was, he was, be, he was best friends with our mentor, Dr. Kenneth E. Hagan, best friends with Kenneth Hagan. He's best friends with, with uh, Or Roberts, best friends with William Brandon, best friends with Jack Coe, A.A. Allen, all the greats, all the greats. All the greats. He used to tell me that William Brandon, he did that William Brandon, because William Brandon only lived 20 minutes away from, from where I grew up, from our church. William Brandon used to, we used to call my pastor, and he went home to be with the Lord in 88, but used to call him up. My pastor went home to be with the Lord in 88, William Brandon, a long time ago. But he used to, William Brandon used to call him up, and he said one time he called him up, he, he said, let's go out and have lunch. So he took him to lunch, and as they're eating lunch, he said, you know, I need a new suit. He said, will you go with me to get a suit? And so William said, yeah, I know a place I'll take you to get a suit. So they walk into the, the suit house, the, the men's suit store, and William Brandon said, I'd like to have a blue pinstripe, white pinstripe blue suit with, and I need a 36 short. The, the man behind the counter said, sir, I would love to sell you that kind of suit, but I don't, have, I don't carry that size. And my pastor said, William Brandon, without, without any hesitation, he said to him, he said, he said but I, I'd like to buy a 36 short suit, a blue, white pinstripe. The man said, sir, I'm sorry, we don't carry that size. He says, but I want to buy a 36 short Blue, white pinstripe suit. He said, sir, I don't carry that suit here. I don't even carry that size. William Brand said, yeah, but you have one here. He said, now my, my pastor said, now the man's starting to get a little angry. And he takes him over to the section of the wall to where this, you know, this shows the suit sizes. He says, sir, I start at 38 regulars. I don't carry 36 shorts. I don't carry that size. He says, but you have one here and I'd like to buy it. He said, sir, I just told you I don't carry that size suit in the store. William Brennan, he, my pastor said he just didn't, kept his composure, just smiled and says, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm here to buy it. <laughs> now the guy, he says, my, now my pastor's like, look, let's, let's go, I'll take you somewhere else. No, 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 I want to buy, I want to buy. He says, he's got the suit I want. <laughs> And, and now the guy says, sir, I'm going to tell you one more time. I don't carry that suit here. 
He says, but you have one here, and it's in the back. Now the guy says, he says, follow me. And he's, he's, my pastor said, he's red, and he's spitting, follow me. <laughs> and he takes him back to the back. He says, sir, here's the suits I have in this back. I do not have a 36 short here. And he says, uh, he pulled off a suit. He said, see that? 40. See that suit? 40. See that suit? 42. See that suit? <laughs> How'd that get in here? <laughs> it was a blue, white, pinstripe suit, 36 short. Wow. He said, sir, I own the store. I, don't know, I would never order this. I don't even carry this size. I don't know how this got here. What I'm saying to you is that he lived in that realm. But it's not because, listen to me very closely, it's not because he was special in the eyes of God. It was because he had an encounter with God. And he walked in it. Every individual, every man, every woman that God has used from time, from Bible days, look at Moses, look at Elisha, look at Elijah. Every individual, look at, look at Peter Cartwright, look at Jonathan Edwards, look at Charles Finney, look at Maria Woodethetter, look at Amy Simpson McPherson, look at Catherine Coleman. Every single individual, look at Raymond T. Ritchie. Raymond T. Ritchie, I mean, Raymond T. Ritchie was a powerful man. Raymond T. Ritchie shook Argentina. There's a revival in Argentina right now going on. It's been going on for the last 20 years, but it took place under Raymond T. Ritchie. All these individuals had mighty encounters with God because every single one of them, listen to me closely, every single one of them came to the place, John G. Lake, Smith Wigglesworth, every single one of them came to the place right here. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Yeah, okay. Ray, listen to this. I'm I'm giving you plenty of time to find Exodus 33. Raymond T. Ritchie, Raymond T. Ritchie went to Argentina. The Lord spoke to him and said, go to Argentina. He'd never been to Argentina in his life, didn't even know anybody in Argentina. But watch what happened. See, God's just looking for people that has going to, that's, listen to me, that's going to seek him so that God can allow them to find him. And then when they speak, they just do it. That's how the supernatural works. That's how supernatural things happen. God spoke to Raymond T. Ritchie back in the 40s, 50s. Spoke to Raymond T. Ritchie. He's good old Argentina. He didn't know anybody in Argentina. Bought him a ticket to Argentina, got on a plane, flew to Argentina. When he landed, the Lord said, go see the president. Argentina. He don't know the president. Don't, anybody, don't know anybody who knows the president. Went to see the president. He went to the, he went to the, the, to the, to the gate of the palace and he, he said... I'm here to see the president. The, the, the guard said, you have an invitation? He says, no, but I'm sent by God to see the president. He said, well, I can't let you in. He says, but I need to see the president. He said, but you're not on the list, and I can't allow anybody on the list to see the president. You, ha- you have to get an appointment. He says, I need to see the president. He says, do you, you he said, and here's what he said. He said, you have such and such going on. The Lord gave him a word of knowledge that he has some disease in his body. And he said, you have this certain, certain disease in you. I can't remember what it is. He said, you have a disease in your body, don't you? He said, yes, I do. How would you know that? Then all of a sudden, the working of miracles happened. He prayed for the man. The man was instantly healed. You know what he did? He got on the phone. He says, I have a man here to see the president. 
When he walks into the president's office, he gets into, listen, he gets an invitation. to See, see what the supernatural will do for you? And that's how we're to live. We're not supposed to live through the soulish realm. We're not supposed to live from here. We're to live and operate by the supernatural. Amen. He goes, he goes into the president. As he's walking into the president's office, the Lord gives him a word of knowledge about the president's daughter. Had a major disease. Was supposed to die by it. The disease was taken. She was going to die. The Lord gives him a word of knowledge. He says, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here for God. I got a message for you. But the Lord tells me that your daughter has such and such disease. And in the name of Jesus, she's healed. The daughter gets healed. The president says, what is it you want? I'll give you anything you want. He said, I want your nation. I want to preach the gospel of this nation. Do you know the president that opened, opened up? Do you realize the doors that the president of Argentina opened up, up to Raymond T. Ritchie? And, and the reports, hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of people, into until the millions got born again. And then to this day, Argentina is on fire with the glory of God. Raymond T. Ritchie goes to Moscow. He goes to Moscow and he's preaching to all the, all the, the, the military leaders, the, the, all the, the cabinet, the, pre, the presidents, everybody, all the, the politicians. He's in this massive room with a few thousand of them. And he's, yes, he's, he's preaching. And, and as he's preaching, the, the interpreter is saying something opposite. Raymond T. Ritchie is preaching, there's one king and his name's Jesus. There's one king and his name's Jesus. She'd say something else. And then all of a sudden, Raymond T. Ritchie stopped and he shouted at her. Her eyes got real big. She dropped a mic and ran out. Now he's stuck. So you know what he did? He just began to preach in tongues. And the glory of God came in the room. And many of them got saved and people got healed. This was in Moscow. So afterwards he goes, the woman's in the back room, the, the interpreter, and he's back there with all these dignitaries and he says to her, why did you leave? Why did you drop the mic and leave? And she said to me, she, and here's what she said, she said, when you turned and shouted to me, you spoke to me in my language and told me to shut up and get out. <laughs> And she'd shut up and dropped the mic and ran out. <laughs> See, uh, do, you, uh, what, uh, do you understand the supernatural? <clears throat> but it doesn't just happen. It doesn't just come because it's God's will. It comes because you come to your place, the place in your own life. You get hungry for God and you begin to seek Him with all your heart. And here's the promise God will allow you to find Him. He wants you to. He wants you to. Matter of fact, one translation says in Jeremiah 33, or Jeremiah 29, verse 13, it reads, Seek me and, you, and I will allow you to find me. See, understand something. God is, a, God is a God of laws. And He's a just God. That's why, understand something. Everybody's got to come the same way. 
Because when God tells us to come one way, we find Him by coming that way. If God was to allow you to find Him another way, then He would be unjust. For example, salvation. If God would allow people to go to heaven because they're good, then He would be unjust. If God was, listen to me, that, that's why there's judgment. Because He's just. He's a just God. And so the way God has designed for us to know Him and encounter Him is to seek Him. And, and, and we're going to, and I'm, I'm done. I'm just going to read this and then I'm going to pray. But listen to the heart, listen closely, listen to the heart of Moses. Moses in Exodus 33, 11. Listen to the heart of Moses. The Lord spoke to Moses face to face. Now this is under old covenant days. This is not new covenant. Do you understand? Do you, do you understand the advantage that we have that Moses didn't? That, that Abraham didn't? That Elijah, Elisha didn't? The Bible says here that, that here, this is on the Old Covenant, that, God, that Moses is having a meeting with God. Face to face. Listen to what he says here. Just as a man speaks to his friend. Do you understand relationship here? Just as he's having such a face to face meeting with God that the Bible says just as he would have with a friend. Amen. Just like as Pastor Jack and I on the phone talking or when we go out to eat. <laughs> you know, it, it's, 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 it's everywhere. It's my desire. It's my cry in my heart. Everywhere we go, my cry in my heart is that, that God, God would allow you to see that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto each one of you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of your understanding might be opened. That's why my wife would tell you, uh, I'm not every day, but almost every day, I, that's why I take communion myself. Why? Because I want to I wanna, I wanna know not just the power of His resurrection, I want to know what He did. Do you understand? I want to know what it meant when he was scourged 39 times. When his flesh was taken away from him. To where he even says in the book of Psalms, Jesus says that my bones, they stare at me. The mutilation that took place because he was the Lamb of God slain. The mutilation that took place. Understand something. Jesus did not come here to start a religion. Jesus did not come here to start a church. Jesus did not come here to give us some moral compass to live by. He came to redeem us. He came to redeem us. That's why the Bible says Christ has redeemed us. He's purchased us. He bought us back. You understand what he did. And so many Christians have no understanding. They give mental assent to it, but they don't understand it. They, it's not revelation. That's why there's no power. And for me, I have to. I have to. I am on a, such a quest. It's not even an option. I have to know. I have to know. 
I have to know each stripe that he bore. I have to know what it meant for him to hang there for six hours on the cross and say seven things. I have to know what it means when he says it, it is finished. I have to know what it means when he was in the garden as he was praying in the garden. So much so under such pressure that the Bible says that he wanted to die. There was so much pressure that was come against him that he even sweat blood. There's no one here that's been under that kind of pressure to we sweat blood. Not even close, as my brother said. And yet, he's praying. You know why he's praying? He's not praying to be able to handle it. He knows why he came. He was praying to live. Because if he would have died in the garden, there would have been no redemption. He knew exactly why he came. I think last time I was here, I told the story when we was in Russia, my wife and I, mean, in Israel, my wife and I was in Israel. She's been twice, I've been once, and it's, it's fine, whatever. It's just, it's just a place. People said, your life's going to, oh, Robbie, stop it. My life's not going to change because I go to some wall. My life, your life's going to change because you have a face-to-face meeting with God. Give me a break. And I remember as we're walking, as we're in Caesarea Philippi, Caesarea Philippi we had two guards, or two guards, two interpreters. And as we come to this place, the, the, um, the, the, one of the interpreters said, this is, where, this is where Jesus said to his disciples, who do men say I am? And then here's what they proceeded to say. Now the reason why Jesus said to his disciples, who do men say I am? Because Jesus was going, that's what they said, Jesus was going through a time of confusion in his life. And Jesus didn't need a reassurance from his followers who he was. That's what they said. Let me just say this to you. That's the wrong thing to say to a hundred Holy Ghost and fire preachers. And trust me, they were confronted. So much so that they both went and sat down and crossed their legs and folded their arms. Which if you know anything about body language, that means they're not interested. What do you have to say to them? What are you talking about? Jesus knew exactly who he was when he was 12 years old. He was a a 12-year-old boy in the temple. Spoke with such wisdom in the temple that his parents came to him three days later and they said to him, why aren't you with us? Whatever they said to him. But Jesus said, don't you know I'm about my father's business. Jesus knew exactly why he came. Make no mistake about it. He knew exactly why he came. That's why he's in the garden praying to live. Because he would not have been able to, re- he would not have been able to redeem us if he would have died in the garden. And for me, I refuse. I refuse to get to heaven and fail to walk in what Jesus made available for me. And his death, and his suffering, and his resurrection. Jesus, listen to me, Jesus did not leave heaven. He did not lay aside his royal robes of glory, come to this earth, spend three, 33 and a half years here, be mutilated, hang on a cross. 
then go to hell. Be raised from the dead. Sit at the right hand of the Father for you and I just to make it on our way to heaven. He came for a reason. He came to redeem us. He came to give us His life. The life of God. To rule and to reign. And we don't take it, listen to me, as Christians, we don't take a backseat to anybody in the world. You're not a format to the world. Stop being a format. Stand up for the truth. Stop walking around in false humility. Take a stand for the truth. And proclaim the truth boldly. Proclaim the truth loudly to where everybody can hear it. Because the only way wickedness can prevail in this world, the only way wickedness can prevail in America is for the righteous people in America to do nothing. And I'm going to say this in close. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Here's what Moses said. If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up here. Do you hear the heart of Moses? Do you hear his heart? I only want to be where your presence is. I only want your presence. I don't want nothing but your presence. Your presence is everything. That's why we as, 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 as leaders and ministers and, and pastors, that's why the very thing that we have to contend for, that we must have every time the doors are open, is His presence. His presence is everything. That's why the enemy fights the anointing. Because they understand, understand, Satan knows the anointing. Satan was anointed. He still is anointed. Discrupted it. Satan knows about the anointing. That's why he fights it. He knows what happens when there's a group of people, when there's just one that begins to yield to the anointing. He knows what happens. He knows what happens when the anointing is welcome into the house. Because it's the anointing of God that destroys every yoke and that makes the difference in everybody's life. Hallelujah. But we have to contend. We've got to contend for it. We've got to contend for it in our life. We've got to contend for it in our church. And we've got to contend for it in this nation. And I promise you, you're looking at somebody, I'm contending for it in my life. I'm contending for it in, in, in every church I go to. And I'm contending for it in this nation. And I'm going to tell you right now, America shall have another great awakening one more time before the Lord Jesus returns. We had one in the 1700s. We had one in the 1800s. And I'm telling you, it shall happen happen one more time forget about turn off the stupid TV forget about what communist news network is saying forget about what Fox is saying forget about what MSNBC TYX is saying whatever it is forget about them all because they're all bought and they got an agenda and they're not going to tell you the truth whatever they're telling you trust me it's the opposite let me tell you something right now. The church, we are winning. God has never been behind. Never one time has God, who's the creator of all things, been behind. We're not losing. We're right in tune. We're right in march with the Father himself. Amen. Amen. 
There's a million, right now in China, there's a million people being born again in China every month. The church is winning. The church is winning. Everywhere, everywhere we go, the glory of God's being poured out. I can, I, can, I can tell you, I can take you to individuals all over America. I can take you to pastors right now in Russia that are having glorious moves of God. I can take you to Europe right now. Let me tell you, forget about it. Forget about it, what you're hearing about. Listen, there's a revival happening in Europe. There's a revival happening in, in England. There's a revival happening in, in Scotland, in, 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 in Ireland. I'm telling you, there's a, there's a revival happening all over the world. I can take you to places in Africa. Oh, all over the world. I could take you to South Africa. I could take you to Zimbabwe. I could take you to Zaire. I can take you to Kenya, especially Kenya. There's two men, Oye Delpo and Adam boy that are man oh my just they just just simple Africans that have come from nothing just with raw faith and both of them have a church that's over a mile long and a mile wide and it's jam-packed every single service and that's in a third world nation and they've paid they they paid cash for their church over a billion dollars no help from America their own currency and paid cash for it in a third world nation. Why? Because they believe one thing. He's El Shaddai. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week. And remember, the best is yet to come.